Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabiyina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd. Then I think the, uh, the topic of the lecture, what we intended to get across by way of meanings, um, I think your attendance here alone gets that across. A strong believer from the weak believer. Um, you know, like it's, it's cold out there. It's cold out there. Snow, rain, slush, everything. And the houses are warm. Bite on warm. And it's cold out there. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, you strong believers. Uh, and uh, although you left your homes and the benefit of staying at home in that warm home, then inshallah, we'll replace that with some Nice benefits from this hadith. Some benefits, inshallah, that will warm you up. As for the hadith, the hadith is that the great hadith, although all of the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, are all great and have tremendous meanings. The hadith of the topic today is that hadith narrated by Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, Al-Mu'min al-Qawi, khayrun wa ahabu ila Allah min al-Mu'min al-Da'if. He said that the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. Wa fi kullin khayr. And in both of them is good. Ihris ala ma yunfa'uk. Strive. For that which benefits you. Wasta'in billah wala ta'jiz. And seek the aid of Allah, seek the help of Allah, wala ta'jiz. Meaning don't give up. Wa in asabaka shayun, fala taqul. And if anything befalls you, fala taqul. Then don't say, Law anni fa'altu kana kada wa kada. That had I done so-and-so, then it would have turned out in a different way. وَلَكِنْ قُلْ However, say, قَدَرُ اللَّهِ وَمَا شَافَعَلُ However, say, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed, وَمَا شَافَعَلُ And whatever He willed, and whatever He wills, He does. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَحْفْتَحْ عَمَلُ الشَّيْطَانِ For indeed, low, that word, low, if, opens up the works of shaytan of the devil. This hadith, we're going to use the explanation of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, and he brings many benefits. Many benefits, I don't think it'd be possible to bring them all today. However, we'll try our best. The Shaykh, Rahimahullah, he says concerning the first part of the hadith, because in this hadith we have wasaya, we have different pieces of advice, not just one. Different pieces of advice from the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the Shaykh, he begins by explaining Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi. What's the meaning of Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi? The strong believer. 
He says, يعني في إيمانه Meaning he is strong in his iman, in his iman, in his faith. وليس المراد القوي في بدني And the intent is not the one who is strong in his body. This is not the intent. He says, لأن قوة البدن لأن قوة البدن قد تكون ضررا على الإنسان Because that strength in one's body, it can, it can be harmful to a person. إذا استعمل هذه القوة في معصية الله If he uses this strength in his body, in the disobedience to Allah. So the shaykh here, he begins by saying that the intent behind the strong believer is not that believer who is strong in his body, but strong in his iman. However, don't understand from that, that it doesn't include that strength in one's body. Because the shaykh, later on, what you, what you will understand from the shaykh's explanation is that it does include, include that. And as our uh, brother and our ustad, uh, Abu Iyad, Hafidhullah, last week in his lecture concerning health in Islam, then he mentioned this hadith, and that it covers that meaning. And from the mashayikh, from the aimah, those who explain this hadith, there were those like Imam al-Nawi and Imam al-Qurtubi, who mentioned that like Imam al-Qurtubi, he said that this is, is quwa in the in the badan and the nafs. Strength in one's like soul, yani iman, and in one's body. Likewise, Sheikh Ibn Baz, rahimahullah, Sheikh Salah al-Fawzan, hafidhullah, Sheikh Ibn Baz, just to mention what Sheikh Ibn Baz, rahimahullah, how he explained the way in which he explained Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi, the strong believer, is he said that he is the one who يَعْتَنِي بِالْأُمُورِ كُلِّهَا The one who he is concerned with all the affairs. And so for example, he is concerned with Al-Ilm Al-Nafi' Beneficial knowledge. قَوِي فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ He is strong as it relates to seeking knowledge. Like you guys, بِإِذْنِلَّهِ قَوِي فِي التَّفَقُّحْ فِي الدِّينِ Strong in him understanding Acquiring understanding, correct understanding in the religion. وَيَعْتَنِي بِالْعُلُومِ الْأُخْرَى And he is concerned with other types of knowledge. Not just the religious knowledge, but other types of knowledge. That knowledge which benefits the Ummah. That, which, that knowledge which benefits him in his, in his deen and in his dunya. And it benefits the Ummah. Likewise, قَوِي Strong in carrying out the commands of Allah. Strong in staying away from the prohibitions of Allah. قَوِي فِي الدَّعْوَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ Likewise, he is strong in giving da'wah. قَوِي فِي الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَنَحْنِ الْمُنْكَرِ Strong also in commanding the good and forbidding the evil. Likewise, he is strong in performing jihad. The different types of jihad. Not just the jihad on the battlefield. But all the different types of jihad. He is strong in every affair. That he has high ambitions. He has high ambitions. This is how he always is. The strong believer. The strong believer. He does all of these things. And so he's always busy. Either in knowledge 
or action, or giving da'wah to Allah, or mudhakara, reviewing, reviewing his knowledge. And likewise in those affairs that benefit the ummah. As Shaykh Salah Al-Fawzan, likewise he said the same, that a person, that this Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi, it comprises and it includes that strength in one's iman and in one's body. Because if a Muslim is strong in his body, he is able to defend the Muslims and help them and aid them in, in, in various affairs. If he's strong, he is able to defend the Muslims from the enemies of Allah. Likewise, the Shaykh, Hafidhullah, Shaykh Salah Al-Fawzan, he mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a general sense, He commands the Muslims in the Qur'an to be in a state of strength and to have power. Like in the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions in Surah, Surah Al-Anfal, وَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ And prepare yourselves, make yourselves ready for them, meaning against the enemy. مِنْ مِنْ with strength. Meaning, make sure you have strength. وَمِنْ رِبَاطِ الْخَيْلِ And the steeds of war, meaning those horses and those, those weapons that, that the army need when they face the enemy. Likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions it in Surah Al-Imran. وَأَنْتُمُ الْأَعْلَوْنَ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ And you, will, you are superior, you will be superior. أَعْلَوْنَ You'll be superior in kuntum mu'mineen, if indeed you are believers. So the Shaykh, he mentions that our religion commands us and encourages the Muslims to always be in a state of strength. Shaykh Ibn Uthameen, as we mentioned, that he, he says that this, the intent behind the believer, the strong believer is that he has strength in his iman. And he said that if a person has strength in his body, that it's possible that that strength in his body, that it can be something that is harmful upon him, harmful to him, if he uses that in disobedience to Allah. He says that the strength of the body in and of itself is not something praiseworthy, nor is it something blameworthy. It's not something praiseworthy, nor is it something blameworthy in and of itself. Meaning, that if a person uses his strength to be obedient to Allah and for that which benefits him in his religion and in his dunya, then that is something which is praiseworthy. However, if he uses it, if he uses it for something that involves disobedience to Allah, then that is something blameworthy. The people, as it relates to their iman, their strength in iman, and their strength, and the strength in their bodies, are of four types. The one who is the first, the one who is qawiyul iman, qawiyul badan. The one who is strong in his iman and strong in his body. The one after that is the one who is qawiyul iman, daif al badan. The one who is strong in his iman but weak in his in his body. The third is the one who is is ضعيف iman weak in iman, but قوي badan, but has strength in his body. And the last one is the one who is ضعيف, 
Al-Iman and Daif Al-Badan. Weak in both his Iman and in his, in his body. The first two, they are, the, they are better than the last two. Because both the last two, both of them are, are Daif in Iman, weak in Iman. As for the third one, the one who is weak in Iman and has strength in his body, then that strength doesn't benefit him in his body. Because if he's weak in Iman and he, and he carries out those sinful matters and he uses that in the disobedience to Allah, then that is not something that is praiseworthy. It becomes something blameworthy. It becomes something blameworthy. However, no doubt the first one is the best. Al-Mu'min al-Qawi Khayrun wa ahabbu ilallah Min al-Mu'min al-Dha'if That the one who is strong in his iman and his body Then he is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak than the weak one. And the one who is is Qawi al-Iman Strength, he has strong iman But he's weak in his body then that, it's possible that he is weak due to some illness. It's possible he is weak due to some illness that, that is out, out of his control. Or he doesn't look after his body. On which our brother Abu Iyad, Hafidullah, he explained last week in his lecture that a Muslim should look after his body. And so it's in, no doubt we are encouraged to look after one's body and to be in a state of good health and to protect ourselves from that which, which harms in our religion and in our, body, our bodies. As for the issue of taqwiyatul iman and taqwiyatul al-badan, both of them together, strengthening of one's iman and the strengthening of one's body, then there's no doubt that the strengthening of one's iman is more important. It's more important, no doubt, before the strengthening of the body. And there's a big encouragement, a big encouragement, it's, uh, alhamdulillah, even amongst the Muslims now, and amongst the Salafi community, for us to be healthy, and to be conscious of that, to make sure we eat healthy, and, our, our, and it's correct, that's something which we should do. However, it shouldn't take us to that point where now we give precedence to that over taqwiyatul iman, no doubt. That is why the... the that. That poet he mentioned in those lines of poetry, he said, he said, Ya Khadim al Jism, kam tashqa fi khidmatihi. Ya Khadim al Jism, kam tashqa fi khidmatihi. Oh, one who is always trying to, trying to service his body, look after his body. Kam tashqa. How many times you are unhappy with that? And you don't achieve happiness. Do you seek to make profit in that which there is loss? Meaning, if you think that looking after, only looking after your body, that that's what's going to benefit you and make you profit, then you're seeking profit in something which, in which there is loss. أكبر على النفس واستكمل فضائلها فأنت بالنفس لا بالجسم إنسان يا خادم الجسم كم تشقى بخدمته أتطلب الربح فيما فيه خسران أقبل على النفس واستكمل فضائلها فأنت بالنفس لا بالجسم إنسان beautiful so he's saying that 
أقبل على النفس Turn to your nafs Meaning pay attention to your soul Pay attention to your soul أقبل على النفس على النفس Turn to your soul And pay attention to your soul واستكمل فضائلها And complete Try to complete It's virtues The virtues of the soul Meaning your iman Strengthen yourself, strengthen yourself In your iman فَأَنْتَ بِالنَّفْسِ لَا بِالْجِسْمِ إِنْسَانُ Because you as a person You are The person that you are In reality is you Your soul Not the body It's your soul That makes you The person who you are Your body Everyone Even the, the animals They have bodies Harakats Movements We are humans We have bodies We have movements But it is your soul Your soul that Is the most important thing And that's why Some of them They used to say They used to say Ajaban Like a saying uh, In the past Ajaban liman yitjannab Ba'd al Al-at'ima Al-mubaha Khawfa mudarratiha Strange It's strange how A person may stay away from some foods, some food that is permissible, allowed. This food, in its origin, is allowed. The ruling on it is allowed. But he stays away from it in fear that it's going to harm him. But as it relates to uh, the sins, But as for the sins, he doesn't stay away from them. And he, do, and he doesn't stay away from them. From the fear, and he doesn't have that fear of the harm that the that the sins bring about. And so, for example, you find a person go on a diet, he'll go on a diet, stay away from certain foods which, in the origin, are permissible. So he says, "I'm not going to eat meat. Meat is permissible, or certain foods. It's going to make him fat, or her fat. So they stay away from them." But these things in and of themselves are permissible. So he stays away from things that are permissible, but he doesn't stay away from those sins that affect the soul. So the Muslims, no doubt, we, we in every affair, we are encouraged with the al-iqtisad, to, to take the middle path in every affair. To take the middle path, not to go to extreme in, in, one's, in one's health and then neglect one's iman. As the hadith, the as the hadith narrated, that was narrated to us by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu that he said, "Inna Allah la yandur ila ajsamikum." Allah does not look to your bodies. Wala ila suwarikum. Neither does He look at your outward appearances. Wala kin yandur ila qulubikum. But He looks to your hearts. He looks to your hearts. This, this hadith was narrated by Abu Hurairah in Sahih Muslim. In the hadith immediately after, because some people use this hadith and they say that look, it doesn't, matter about your, it doesn't matter about your actions. It doesn't matter about your actions because Allah looks to the hearts. So they use this as a proof. However, if they were to go to the hadith itself, in the book, Sahih Muslim, Abu Hurairah, The next hadith following it directly is the same hadith with, 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 with addition at the end. By Abu Hurairah. Because it's possible that a narrator, when he narrates a hadith, he may omit something at one point. Or he forgot at the time and then he narrated it to someone else and he completed the, 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 the hadith. 
So in the second hadith, also known as Abu Hurairah, وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرْ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ In a very important addition. However, Allah looks to your hearts and to your actions. A benefit, which is a benefit connected to the Arabic language, is that the Shaykh, Shaykh, Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen, he says that Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi, like he said before, it means one who is strong in his Iman. He says, because the kalima qawi, the word kalima, that word, ta'ud ila al-wasf al-sabiq, wa huwa al-iman. Because when we say al-mu'min al-qawi, qawi is a, is a sifa, it's an adjective, describing the word before, the noun before. And that noun being described is what? Al-mu'min. That's the word being described. Al-qawi, strong, is describing the word before. Meaning Al-Mu'min. And Al-Mu'min is derived from the word Iman. Mu'min, the one who has Iman. And so the Shaykh, he says here, to back up what he's saying, is that uh, here, the meaning of Qawi is that he is strong in Iman. Khayrun. Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi. Khayrun. Wahabu ilallah. Min Al-Mu'min Al-Dhaif. That he is better. The stronger believer, he is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. However, immediately after, the Messenger of Allah, وسلم, he said, وَفِي كُلٍ خير. Very important point here. وَفِي كُلٍ خير. However, in all of them, in both of them, the strong believer and the weak believer, is khair, there is good. There is good. The Shaykh, Rahimahullah, he brings a nice point, which again is connected to the language, Al-Balagha, that the eloquence of the Arabic language, is that when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, after him saying this, when he came with this sentence, وَفِي كُلٍ خَيْرٍ Then, it's, some, it's called something in the, in, in the Balagha, it's referred to as Al-Ihtiraz. Al-Ihtiraz. Which, Means, this is a manner which comes in the Quran, and like the eloquence of the Arabic language and the eloquence of the Quran. And the Shaykh he explains what this means. He says that this is when a person he speaks, when a person he speaks, and he says some speech. But from that speech, it could be understood. You could you could un- understand from that speech something which he didn't intend, or you un- you have the you have a wrong perception of what he intended. And so he comes with a sentence immediately after to show that he intended a specific thing. And so for example, an example of, from, of that from the Qur'an is the saying of Allah, لَا يَسْتَوِي مِنْكُمْ مَنْ أَنْفَقَ مِنْ قَبْلِ الْفَتْحِ وَقَاتَلُ أُولَٰئِكَ أَعْذَمُ دَرَجَةً مِنَ الَّذِينَ أَنْفَقُوا مِنْ بَعْدُ وَقَاتَلُوا وَكُلَّنْ وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْهُسْنَى They are not the same. Those who spent and fought, spent their money in the way of Allah, and those who fought in the way of Allah before the Fath, before the conquest of Mecca, before Mecca fell to the Muslims. They are of a higher level than those who spent and fought after, after the conquest of Mecca. 
وكلن وفي كل وفي كل خير من الحديث وكلن وعد الله الحسنى وكلن وعد الله الحسنى but every one of them Allah has promised them al-husna good and reward meaning don't understand from that that those who came after and fought and spent after the conquest of Mecca that there's no good in them that there's no good in them no وَكُلًّا وَعَدَ اللَّهُ الْحُسْنَى However, all of them have reward. But those who fought before and spent before the Fatah of Mecca, they are better. So it's the same thing here. That the strong believer and the strong believer is better than a weak believer. However, in both of them there is good. Likewise, in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَدَاوُودُ وَسُلَيْمَانِ إِذْ يَحْكُمَانِ فِي الْحَرْثِ إذ نفشت فيه غنم القوم وكنا لحكمهم شاهدين ففحمنا سليمان and داود داود the prophet عليه السلام and سليمان عليه السلام remember داود and سليمان when they judged in the case of that case of when the sheep pasted the field in the night and they both judged they judged both of them with different rulings. Suleiman and Dawood, both of them, they judged in, the, in this case what to do. And they both came to different judgments. فَفَحَّمْنَا Suleiman, But we gave understanding to Suleiman, And he was the one who judged correctly. However, after it's possible, after hearing this, that a person, he may understand from this, that Dawood, that he has naqs, deficiency. That there's some kind of deficiency with Dawood. Then the balagha in, in the Arabic language, al-ihtiraz, as we said, is that the sentence immediately after removes that, that false understanding. And so that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately after he said, وَكُلًا آتَيْنَا حُكْمًا وَعِلْمًا However, both of them, we gave them judgment and knowledge. So that a person doesn't understand that here, Dawood, that he has some kind of deficiency. So that's called al-ihtiraz. And likewise, there's another verse where the Shaykh he brings um, uh, concerning the, those who stay at home and don't perform the jihad. Uh, and that could be due to uh, them being uh, injured or weak or ill. That Allah are blind. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentioned in Surah An-Nisa that they are not, they are not the same. They're not equal uh, as those who fight and go out and spend uh, their, their, their wealth, and they give them, their, their, they strive with their own bodies in the way of Allah. They are not the same. However, all of them, Allah has promised them uh, a great reward. And so here, it's very important. It's important for us to understand this. So that a Muslim doesn't think that if he sees something from another Muslim, who may be weak, who may be weak, that he, he begins to take a position against him, where it's almost like he's forgot that in him, that is khayr. Like, you have people, for example, against certain people, groups of people, maybe a whole country, they'll say there's no good in them. How often do you hear people criticizing Saudi Arabia, for example? The, the heart, of the Muslim lands. That a person goes there 
has some bad experience. Has some bad experience. See something from some of the Muslims. And they may be weak in their iman. Not practicing Islam the way it should be. They're not strong believers. They're not strong believers. However, in every believer there is khair. As Shaykh Salaf always used to tell us. And he used to say it's not permissible to bring the kuffar to the kingdom. Unless the Muslim can't come with, can't, can't bring that thing which the, non-Muslim, which the non-Muslims have. In that situation it's permissible. However, the Shaykh, he always used to say, Hafidhullah, that if there, are, if there is a non-Muslim and a Muslim, and both of them can do the job, then you bring the Muslim. Even if the Muslim may not perform that job in the same way or to a lesser level than the, than the non-Muslim, then he is still better to bring because of that iman that he has with him. That iman. Likewise, even a Muslim may see from another Muslim, even here, may see from another Muslim something that he, he sees some weakness in him. Maybe he's not doing something according to the Quran and the Sunnah. Maybe he's weak in iman. Maybe he's not, even if he's clean shaven, for example. Or he is not doing something he should be doing. But then a person takes a position, like the position of how a person may be with, for example, a non-Muslim. That he abandons him, doesn't talk to him. Or even, even if it's a fiqh issue, that a person, because he sees from another Muslim that he has a different position, and he doesn't agree, and even if it's a weak position, but he abandons him, doesn't talk to him, takes a position as though he is a non-Muslim. As the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said. But however, in both of them there is good. And so even if you see a Muslim who is weak, even if he is weak, then he is still a believer. Give him da'wah. As we said, the strong believer is the one, as Shaykh Ibn Baz, he said, he has all of those characteristics. Strong in seeking knowledge. Strong in giving da'wah. Strong in commanding the good and forbidding the evil. Strong in all of these affairs. So if you find your Muslim brother weak like this, give him da'wah. Give him da'wah. Immediately after this, after the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, خير, He said, Strive for that which, strive for that which benefits you. Question. What's the relevance of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, with this second wasiyah, with this second piece of advice? Because the first piece of advice, although it's not a command, Al-Mu'min, Al-Qawi, Khairun wa ahabbu ila Allah, min Al-Mu'min al-Da'i, wa fi kullin khair, although this is not a command, the structure of the, of the sentence is not a command, it's almost like it's a piece of advice, wasiyah, it's a piece of advice, it's, it's almost like he's saying, be strong in your iman. Huh? That's the first piece of advice. Be strong in your iman, in your iman, and in your badan, and in your body. But the question, this is the next piece of advice. What's the relevance of this piece of advice to the first piece of advice? Strive for that which benefits you. Anyone know?
No doubt. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Strive for what strengthens you, basically. Okay. Okay, okay. It's all good. It's all good. The one, meaning the one who is strong in his iman. So, the first piece of advice, strengthen your iman. Be a strong believer in all of those ways that Sheikh bin Baz and Sheikh Tamir and Sheikh Salaf Fawzan mentioned. But once you have that strength, then use that strength for that which benefits you. So strengthen your iman. Strengthen your body. But if you strengthen your body, for example, now you strengthen your body, then use that for which benefits you. Use that for which benefits you. Or else, as the Shaykh he mentioned, it becomes something which is blameworthy then. That you use that strength in the disobedience to Allah. The Shaykh, Shaykh Ibn Uthameer, rahimahullah, he says that this st statement here, Ihris ala strive for that which benefits you, is a comprehensive term, and a comprehensive sentence here. And the intent behind it is, strive for that which is beneficial for you, in your religion and in your dunya. And if you're faced in a situation where now you have to do one of the two, he says, فَإِذَا تَعَارَضَتْ مَنْفَعْتُ الدِّينِ وَمَنْفَعْتُ الدُّنْيَا فَقَدِّمْ مَنْفَعْتُ الدِّينِ That if you're facing a situation where you have two matters, one of them involve, involves some benefit, some religious benefit, something that comes back, comes back and benefits you in your religion. And then another affair, or another matter that comes back with some benefit in the dunya. Comes back to you with some benefit in the dunya, in the worldly affairs. And if you can only do one of the two, then قَدِّمْ مَنْفَعَةُ din. No doubt. That, that which you should give preference to and put first is that benefit, that religious benefit. That benefit that comes back and helps you in your, in your religion. And so for example, now, between those of two, two affairs, تَقْوِيَةُ iman wa تَقْوِيَةُ badan. Because some people, when it, they can't balance. So a person now, he begins to look after his body, he begins to train, weight train, and these things. And now you find some heavy, heavy re re regime that he has. Where now, he's eating right, nothing, Bad going into his body, looking after his his body, goes to the gym more than he's in the masjid, always in the gym, looking after his body, and now that begins to affect his iman. It begins to affect his iman. He doesn't go to the masjid. He doesn't learn his religion. It affects his iman. So now here, no doubt, if a person can't balance between these two affairs, then that which thing, that's that which he should put first is his iman. Strengthening his iman. The Sheikh he continues and he says, "Wasta'in billah." He comments on that statement of the Messenger of Allah So the first wasiyah, the first piece of advice: be strong in your iman. Strive to strengthen your iman, like you guys have done today by coming here whilst it's cold outside and it's, and it, the snow, rain, everything on the roads. Second piece of advice was what? Use that strength to, to strive for that which is beneficial to you. 
The third piece of advice, وَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ And seek the aid of Allah. What's the relevance of this to that which came before? Sant, definitely. Even that worship we can't do, except for the aid of Allah. You're right. But you can say it in another way. Meaning, even if you acquire that strength, you strengthen your iman, you strengthen your body, and you strive for that which is beneficial, don't let that strength deceive you. Don't let your own strength, and you yourself thinking, I'm strong, I'm strong in my iman, I'm strong in my badan. Don't let that deceive you. You are still in need of the aid of Allah. Don't be fooled. You need Allah. You are not free from Allah. Even a blink, the blinking of an eye. You need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why the Shaykh he mentions that here, it's possible that a person, that when he, he becomes amazed by his own strength in iman, or in his body. And so he forgets to rely upon Allah, and to seek his aid. So strive for that which is beneficial for you. وَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ Seek the aid of Allah. وَلَا تَعْجِزْ Meaning don't give up. Don't stop. Once you have strengthened your iman, you've strengthened your body, you strive for that which is beneficial to you, seek the aid of Allah, and then don't give up. Take the means. But don't give up. Don't give up. If a person, he says to himself, that I have time, I will strengthen my iman, I have time. Or I will do so and so, I have time. A person may continuously say this to himself, I have time, I have much on. As Al-Hasan al-Basri, he said, when he advises, advises the youth, he said, Ya ma'ash al-shabaab, O gathering of youth, Iyakum wa-tasweef, Beware of tasweef, meaning saying, so for af'al, so for af'al, I will do it, I will do it. Beware of that. Because that time may come when, where you become weak in your body. And so we should take advantage as the Messenger of Allah in other hadith, he commanded us to take advantage of our health before we fall ill. The Shaykh, he mentions that this hadith, in reality, it requires volumes. It requires volumes. Meaning when we talk about its benefits. He says that if we were to simply act upon this hadith, we would be at ease. We would be at ease. And a person, when he does something, and he's intent, he, he's, um, he's adamant in performing an action, and he has, he's made the intention, then he shouldn't stop. He shouldn't stop. And so he says that if you begin an action, then you should finish it. You should finish it. And so he gives a piece of advice to the, to the students of knowledge. That if you say to yourself that I'm going to study a particular matter, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Finish that action. Don't give up. Continue. Finish that action. Finish it. So he gives a piece of advice that if a, uh, a person, he wants to study a matter, he says that when a student of knowledge, when he begins to, he goes to a book, and he wants to find something out. And so he goes to learn about something, and he goes to the index, and he, he comes to the book for a particular point. But then, as he's going through the index, 
he sees something else and he gets distracted. He gets distracted from his initial, his initial intention. And that was the thing which he initially wanted to do. Likewise, he says, for example, so, like he gives an example of a book, the book Al-Isaba, which is the book of Ibn Hajar, Al-Isaba fi Tamiz al-Sahaba, a book which is on the biography of the companions, anhum, that a person may go to, pick, to read, read up on the biography of a particular companion, but then he ends up looking into the biography of someone else. And so he forgets his initial uh, intention. He gives a beautiful example, ayyul ikhwa, a beautiful example. An example which shows to us why we need the ulama, why we need the scholars, how they extract benefits that me and you would most likely never see when we read the same hadith. He gives the example of Itban ibn Malik. That he invited him, he invited the Messenger of Allah to come to his house and pray in his house. He said, come to my house. And pray in my house so that I may take that place as a musalla, as a place where I, where I pray. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he, he went out. He went out. And the Shaykh, he mentions he went out. And there was with him a group of people. In fact, when you look into this hadith itself, the Shaykh doesn't bring it here, but the hadith is in Bukhari and, and, and Muslim. That it was Abu Bakr Siddiq who went out with him. Abu Bakr Siddiq. And what they say is, this is, shows you from the virtues of Abu Siddiq, that this man invited the Messenger of Allah to his house, to come and pray in his house. And the hadith mentions that Abu, Abu Bakr, عنه, and the Messenger of Allah, Messenger of Allah وسلم, they went out. And they say that, look how Abu Bakr Siddiq, how he would accompany the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in even these simple matters. Always with him, even in these simple matters, when a person invited the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to his house, and to just simply go pray there, that, the mess- that, that Abu Bakr Siddiq was always with him. So it's ban, he invited the Messenger of Allah وسلم, to his house, to come and pray. And so when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he entered the house, firstly he sought permission, and then it's ban, he had prepared some food. He prepared some food for the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and he invited him to come and eat. But the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, and the Shaykh, he mentions, لم يبدأ بالطعام. The Prophet did not start with the food. He didn't get distracted by the food. He didn't get distracted by the food. And he said, أين المكان الذي تريد أن نصلي فيه? Where is the place? Where is the place where you want us to pray? So the Shaykh, he mentions, look how he didn't get distracted. He, he came first for something and he wanted to get that out of, the, out of the way. He wanted to get that out of the way first. Before something else comes along and distracts him. And so he said, where is the place that you want us to pray? Another benefit is that Imam al-Bukhari, he brings this hadith in two places. In Kitab al-Masajid, in his Sahih. In the first place he brings it is under the chapter, Bab إِذَا دَخَلَ بَيْتًا يُصَلِّ حَيْثُ شَاءُ أَوْ حَيْثَ أُمِرُ وَلَا يَتَجَسَّسُ The chapter, that a person when he enters a house, then he prays, wherever he wills, or wherever he is commanded. وَلَا يتجسس. Nor does he يتجسس. يتجسس, the root of يتجسس is someone who spies. To spy. يتجسس. The meaning here is that a person, when he enters the house, as the Shaykh, Shaykh Nathameen, he explains this also in his explanation of Sahih Bukhari. That a person, he doesn't enter the house, and يتجسس. He goes into this room, and that room. And he sees what's in this room, what's in, the, what, what's in that room. 
Like some people, you may get people like that. You could you invite them to your house? No manners. Comes into your house, wants to see what's going on here, what's going on there. It's like almost like he's spying. But a Muslim, he has manners. And the Messenger of Allah, in fact, before he entered the house, he sought permission. He sought permission. And that's from the manners. A person seeks permission to enter the house. And then he sought permission. Where do you want us to pray? Walai to justice. The Messenger of Allah didn't come in and say, Look in this room, shall I pray in here? Shall I pray in there? He didn't do any of that. Rather, the Muslim, he has, he has the, uh, those praiseworthy mannerisms. And so this is a beautiful benefit that the Shaykh he brings. And, there, and in that hadith itself, there are numerous benefits, much more benefits. However, that's not the topic. Maybe another day, inshallah. فَإِنْ أَصَابَكْ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتْ كَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا if, if something befalls you whilst you're trying to perform this action and then you're prevented from doing it, don't say, لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتْ كَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا That if I did so and so, then maybe it wouldn't have happened. Maybe it would have turned out differently. Don't say this. Sheikh, he says that what you are to do is that you are to, to exhaust yourself. Take the means. And make the effort. And strive in trying to bring that thing about. وَتَسْتَعِينَ بِاللَّهِ And you seek aid from Allah. وَتَسْتَمِرَ And you continue. However, if it turns out, if it turns out, not in the way, not the way you planned it, then don't say this. Don't say that if, uh, if I had done such and such, then this would not have happened. And he brings the, the verse, وَاللَّهُ سُبْتُ عَلَىٰ إِنْسُورَ يُوسُفْ وَاللَّهُ غَالِبٌ عَلَىٰ أَمْرِهِ وَلَكِنْ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Allah has full power and control over his affairs. However, most men know not. Most men don't know. And so he gives an example. The Shaykh, he gives an example. He says, a man, for example, he wants to perform Umrah. And so he gets in his car. And on the way to, to, to perform Umrah, his car breaks down. His car breaks down. And so now he goes, he goes back to his place of residence and his home. And he says, had I taken another car, then it would have been better. And I would have got there. And a person, he doesn't say this. He doesn't say this. So long as he took the means. So long as he took the means and he saw the aid of Allah, then a person shouldn't say this. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحْ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ Law, that word law, if, it opens up the works of shaitan. Shaitan begins to come in. Meaning, تَفْتَعَ عَلَيْكَ الْوِسْوَاسِ Whispers begin to come to you. When you start saying this and thinking like this, then you start getting whispers. وَلَحْزَانِ You start feeling sad. وَالنَّدَمْ and, and regret. وَالْحُمُومِ And humum is like anxiety. However, say, وَلَكِنْ قُلْ قَدَرُ اللَّهِ وَمَا شَافَعَلْ and this is, what, this is what you should say. Whatever Allah will, and whatever He wills, He does. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ Allah, He does what He wills. He gives an example, He says, after mentioning the verse, عَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ Perhaps you detest something, but in reality it is good for you. That a Muslim, that he has to bear this in mind. He has to bear this in mind. Perhaps Allah is warding off 
something from you, some harm, some greater harm. The Shaykh he gives an example. He says that a number of years ago, this is Shaykh Ibn Taymin. He says there was a plane that left Riyadh and was heading towards Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. So a plane in Riyadh going towards Jeddah. There were many passengers in the, in the plane, over 300 passengers. However, one of the passengers, one of the passengers, when the plane had stopped and the people were waiting in the airport, in the waiting hall, he fell asleep. And the people working at the airport, they made the announcement saying the plane is about to leave. And so they called for the passengers. However, this person fell asleep and the plane had gone. And so this, this, this man, he woke up and the door was closed and he wasn't able to board the plane and the plane had left. And so he, he, he felt this severe regret. He felt this severe regret. However, he says that from the hikmah of Allah, from the hikmah of Allah, this plane caught fire. This plane caught fire and the people died on the plane. And so the shaykh, uh, actual incident that took place, he says, for subhanallah, he says, كَيْفَ هَذَا Allah, save this man. Allah, save this man. So the shaykh, he mentions that, just to finish off, he says that if we were to act upon this hadith, if we were to act upon this hadith, then we would be at rest. We would be at rest. And he says, the use of law, if it's not for- forbidden in a complete sense. That a person says if, that there are certain times, if it doesn't involve someone detesting the qadr of Allah, something that took place in the past, and it's, and it's done, over with, then that's not something that is blameworthy. It's not something that is blameworthy. For is that, there is the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, and likewise in Sahih Muslim, where the Messenger of Allah he came to Ali radiallahu anhu, and Fatima, his daughter, and they were both asleep. And he said, Will you not pray? Meaning, tahajjud. He said, Ali, Ali ibn Talib, he responded and he said, That our souls are in the hands of Allah. Had he willed, Had he willed for us to stand, then we would have stood. Meaning, this was something that was out of his control. Something out of his control. The Messenger of Allah, he turned away afterwards and he, he said, he struck his thigh, walked away and he said, he said, Man is ever, ever quarrelsome than anything. And he always argues. Don't understand from this hadith that, that this is some naqs in Ali, that Ali is of such a position that he wasn't a man of worship. In fact, what they say, this hadith shows that Ali radiallahu anhu, he shows, he shows his fadl and his, the, the fadail of Ali, those virtues of Ali. How many people would not narrate this about themselves, that he was, he was asleep, he didn't pray tahajjud, and the Messenger of came. However, Ali, he narrated it to who? His own son. Because in the chain of narration is, is Ali, he narrates from the Messenger of Allah to his son Hussein. And from Hussein, his Hussein's son, Ali. Yani Ali, Ibn Hussein, Ibn Ali. In fact, this narration they mention is in this narration, in the chain of narration you have, 
الابن بالسن عن ابيه عن جدي meaning you have the son you have a son narrating from his father who narrates from his grandfather meaning ali the grandson of ali narrating from his father hussein and hussein narrating from his father ali and so they say this is asah al asanid that this is from the most strongest change you can get as it relates to those who narrated from a son who narrates from his father who narrated from his grandfather but look how ali he he didn't allow that bad suspicion someone may have of him and those bad thoughts of him he didn't allow that to prevent him narrating knowledge passing down knowledge and the preservation of knowledge but however he narrated the hadith likewise um when the messenger of allah sallallahu when he when he was making hajj with the, with the companions and he told the companions anhum to to go out of the ihram and then they would later go back in the ihram yani one of the rituals of hajj and the messenger of allah sallallahu he said لَوْلَا أَنِّي أَحْدَيْتِ He said, had I not brought the hadi, the hadi, meaning the sacrificial animal. So he said, Lo, if I, had, if I hadn't brought the animal, then uh, I would have got, gone out of ihram. I would have gone out of ihram. So it shows that, that if a person uses law, if he uses law in a way which he is not blaming the qadr of Allah, or that he has bad suspicion of the qadr of Allah, and that is permissible. Likewise, the Messenger of Allah he said, لو أني راجم أهدا من غير بينة If I was to stone someone without proof, without evidence, لرجمت هذه I would have stoned this woman. لو If Meaning this was a woman who, due to her, her suspicious behavior, that she would give off that that um, that suspicion that she was lewd. Likewise, the hadith, the final point, that hadith, wherein Abu Bakr Siddiq, anhu, when the Messenger of Allah when they were both together and they came to the cave, and when the mushrikeen were above them, and Allah made them blind to the Messenger of Allah and Abu Bakr. And so Abu Bakr Siddiq, he he said to the Messenger of Allah if one of them, if law, if one of them, أحدهم, قدمي, if one of them were to look below his if they were to look below his his, his feet, لرآنا, that he would have seen us. But Allah made it so that they didn't see they didn't see the Messenger of Allah. And Abu Bakr, when they followed them and to, to pursue them and, to, and to, to get them, to capture them when they were going to, to uh, Medina, making the hijrah. And so here, Abu Bakr Siddiq, here he was using it not to blame something in the past, but he was using it to mean in the future. Meaning, right now, when he, he was saying to the Messenger of Allah, if one of them was to look, was to look down, meaning something now from in the future, not the past, he's not talking about something that has finished and gone, that if one of them right now was to look, then he would see us. وَفَقَ اللَّهُ الْجَمِيعِ لِمَا يُحِبِّهُ وَيَرْضَى وَصَلَى عَلَى نَبِينَ مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى عَلَى وَسَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ